It's the quotidian. Welcome back to the Quotidian Podcast. I'm Bradley Dennis. It's season two. I wasn't entirely sure I would make it back from my break. And it wasn't actually much of a break for me, as many of you know. I'm finishing up a graduate degree in psychology of creativity, and I was off writing term papers. But we're back, and we're talking to some amazing creators this season. This week, I spoke with Derek Mazzoni, who's a curator and DJ of world music at the renowned Seattle station KEXP. And world music is kind of a misleading term, as, of course, all music is world music. But Derek has a passion and a significant skill in seeking out some of the world's best gems, often hidden from mainstream view. We recorded this show a day after Russia invaded Ukraine, and being from Poland originally, the topic was heavy on his mind, as it was on all of ours. And so we spoke about the power of music to engender empathy, uh, the path to discovering our passions through following intuition and instinct, and what to do when your car breaks down outside of Seattle. In Derek's case, he stayed, and Seattle's been all the richer for it. Thank you as ever for being here. Please become a Quotidiot by heading over to our Patreon page and getting some amazing gear that helps us produce this show. We're also sponsored by the Carolina Commons, who exist to help people cultivate and utilize their own creative potential. And now, please enjoy the well-traveled voice of Derek Mazzoni. Derek Mazzoni, welcome to the Quotidian. Thank you for being here. Glad to be here, Bradley. Quotidian, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the everyday, but uh, it's the everyday that makes us special. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How are you? How are you? Uh, this is, I want to just acknowledge why we're recording uh, a day after Russia in, uh, invaded Ukraine, and I know that you have strong and deep ties to the region. You were born in Poland, just up the road. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. You know, yesterday was really surreal. Um, I was talking to some friends um, there. They were um, doing the things that families do, like, you know, trying to sleep but take turns sleeping. They have um, small kids, so... One parent is asleep, the other one is waiting for air raid sirens. Because if they start, they have to take their family and get them to a shelter. Yeah. So things we don't deal with here on a regular basis. I have uh, people wanting to get out. And, you know, we're in a surreal time, obviously, with tech, where I'm posting um, exits to Moldova and Poland that are still open. I, I saw that on your Instagram. To, to, to move out. So it's like 
why am I, what am I doing here? How is this actually working? Yeah. And, you know, internet is still on. So planning interviews and planning to play music. We had a, a big KXP meeting about a bunch of things. And it was like, let's, and sending music um, there, sending music from Ukraine there. Because one of the few things that we can do is by playing music from that country, um, it, it humanizes it. It creates a, a texture that's not just news from yeah. that region. Also music from Russia, because there are, uh, most Russians want none of this bullshit. This Absolutely. is insane on many fronts. And also educating the American population about like what exactly is going on here. Mm -hmm. And having to bring up the U.S. Uh, history of, uh, let's say, Iraq and uh Afghanistan and um, Grenada and all these other places that are going on. So it's it's one of those moments where you take um, you see you see a, a story that can help people all over the place understand the bullshit that most human humanity goes through. Yeah. So it was one of those particular moments. But Ukraine yeah. was like literally last year at this time. I was judging um, a music festival in Kiev virtually because we weren't traveling because of COVID. Right. So, you know, just knowing that, knowing um, some amazing artists from the region, you know, that I've had the opportunity to have on my show and we become friends. And now it's just, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Yeah. It is bizarre. And before we started recording, you brought up the fact that uh, Israel and was involved in a bombing in, in Somalia. Um, yeah. On the no, same not in day. In, uh, in Syria. No, Syria, there's bombings going yeah. on every day. I mean, if it's just yeah. like, if you look at the history of a place like Congo, where um, over a million people have been killed, if you look at what's happening in Yemen right now, Yemen was bombed by the Saudis yesterday also. Um, these are situations that are going on. Obviously, you know, I have European heritage. I am European. I was born there. Um, mm -hmm. So this cuts close to home. Um, but this is a question of stopping war and stopping uh, and recognizing the military industrial complex, knowing that there are people there who are selling munitions. And this is a case study of how does, how do the armaments from one company fight against the armaments of another company? This is an old story. Yeah. And uh, I personally know people that are selling munitions. You know, this isn't like it's a business. Yeah. And it's a business of bodies and guns. And so uh, it's disheartening to say this because most people tend to get very emotional about this, as I do too, because people are in trouble and people are scared. Mm -hmm. And being a parent and seeing people with families, um, it's terrifying. But if you pull focus on this, you realize that. This is something that, you know, Eisenhower was talking about in the 50s, where it's like, yeah. this is a machine and yeah. the machine makes money and we need to, we need to stop this. So you were talking about uh, at KEXP having the conversation about what to play and, and how it brings light to some dark places. I want to talk a little bit about your connection to music. Um, you know, I've in the intro, I have told people about um, some of your history and 
And those of you who uh, have heard Derek before will know that he brings a lot of brand new music to our ears every week. In fact, little known fact, um, the theme song for my podcast I got from from your Spotify playlist. Oh, wow. All right on. Yeah. Yeah. I heard it and it was an immediate light bulb went off. So thank you for that. It worked for you. Awesome. It, it did. Awesome. Absolutely. And and I've been surfing on your uh, playlists and eclectic tastes and, um, and music for pretty much since you started at KEXP when it was KCMU. Um, thank you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, we when we were talking before the we hit record, uh, we were talking about arriving in Seattle at the same time, and um, there's been a, a long journey there. But one of the things that you have brought to the station um, that is singular is a real dedication to opening people's ears uh, and eyes, especially via social media, to voices from around the world. Um, and I'm very curious to know your opinions and thoughts about what music brings to these sorts of situations, what it brings uh, to people's awareness, um, and and why you continue to, to work in that field and that medium. Hmm. Hmm. Um, Music has always um, uh, spoke to me um, in uh, a really visceral way. Um, when I first started hearing music from different parts of the world, I was living in Poland. I was living in a communist country. And if you remember, there were a bunch of communist countries. So there was this cultural exchange that was going on. You would get music from other communist countries, obviously Russia, but you'd also get music from the Czech Republic, you'd get music from Mozambique, Angola. You get music from Vietnam and Laos. It wasn't a lot coming through because it was, you know, it was still records, but there was stuff recorded. And mm -hmm. there was something about it that really made me, um, it connected me in a really strange way. Um, it it um, elevated me. It yeah. felt like there was something really magical there. And um, I, when I came to the States and moved to uh, Boston, not speaking the language at all, I knew one word um, when I landed at Logan Airport. And that was thank you. That was good. Mm -hmm. It's two words, I guess. It's a good um, phrase to know. It's a good phrase to know, obviously. And then I learned more. Um, uh, and now it's my language. And, um, you know, uh, America is an amazing country. You know, I have a really, uh, I have a different perspective on this country than um people who are not immigrants would, you know, I, my, my politics and my understanding of this place is skewed a bit differently yeah. because, um, a, I travel a lot and B, I, I know where I came from. I know what was going on then. Mm -hmm. And, um, the diversity of this place blew my mind. You know, it just, you don't have countries like this anywhere else. And there's so much beauty in this place in this diversity. Yeah, you get right-wing tilts looking at immigrants and obviously every single immigrant group comes in and there's a process of assimilation. You know, you're not seeing Polish ghettos or Italian ghettos like you did when, you know, I first came in. Now you're seeing Brazilian and Haitian and other, not ghettos exactly, neighborhoods, 
mm-hmm. you know, where immigrants come together and they stay together. Yeah. And then after a while, they assimilate. <clears throat> not not like, you know, lose their culture, but they move into the suburbs or they move into the societies and they evolve. Yeah. But they still hold on to that sense. And you're seeing the influence of that in this music and, and uh, cuisine. And I felt like... Um, like the first time I had Sichuan cuisine or Thai or um, <laughs> you can never not remember that. Right. The first time I heard this music, it was like, I cannot remember that. And everything else is a little blander because of that. Like the Sichuan quality. I remember the first time I had it, it was like, what are these flavors? What is going on here? Yeah. I had no idea that this existed. So when you um, heard music for so the first time I, in Gdansk, you were hearing international music. And that's, I yeah. mean... That's kind yeah. of what you're known for at KEXP is introducing people to international yeah. music. But that's been the reality for you from day one. But not with a, with a um, you know, my first platform was a college radio station in Boston. Hmm. And then I really, really enjoyed doing it. Like I was, I made myself available 24-7 to do cover people's shows because I really loved this process because I was learning. I was discovering this yeah. whole thing. Um, it was being revealed to me more yeah. than I would say discover because it's like I didn't go out there look for it. It was like, what's this? What's this? And I did all types of shows. You know, um, I did a jazz show. I did a um, R&B show. I just love music. But th- the sounds from other cultures always had something to me because it, it took me there in a really interesting way. And yeah. I learned something about the people that were making the music. And then it... Um, it, I, I wish there was another word for it, but the only way that I could say it humanized them. They weren't so exotic. They were um, people creating art. And that resonated with me. And that kind of stays with me even now. It's my 30th year at KXP. Wow. Um, in the work that I do where, you know, it's it's one thing to turn somebody on to music of Africa, Africa is not a country. So you turn right. somebody onto the music of Nigeria. Nigeria is a very, is a rich African country. Then you turn somebody onto the music of a particular neighborhood outside of Lagos, where there's a scene where people are um, creating a new form of Afrobeats with a particular traditional flavor. And that thing is a, um, speaks in a particular kind of resonance that really, really moves people's souls. Or, um, like, uh, I just did a, um, an interview with a band called uh, Kobiles Ami, and they are a Palenque band in Colombia. Now, Palenque is a language, indigenous languages in Colombia, mm-hmm. which is made up of a uh, indigenous, uh, Congolese, Spanish, and French, you know, uh, historical words. They have their own language. They've been part of a struggle against Spain and Colombia for hundreds of years. You know, they're, they're uh, um, Maroons, they're escaped slaves and indigenous people who created a town, fought for this town. Now they're fighting for their language. They're wow. fighting for their identity. They're fi- and they're using music as a way to present that language. I'm using social media. I'm using, uh, using uh, their, my ability to play their music. I'm using their, um, their stories because they are an interesting um uh, population where their parents and grandparents might not have had phones, but they know how to use social media. Right. They know how to use, um, they know how to make videos. So they're 
evolution is completely different. And they're not becoming westernized. They're actually presenting their culture. They're presenting mm -hmm. their identity. Most importantly, they're presenting their, presenting their language, which is who they are and their stories to the world. And yeah. I am not a gatekeeper for that. I'm just super excited to be invited. And I am just a funnel of like, getting that music out, getting that, getting those stories out as much as possible. Wow. So for me, it is a, that's a long answer to a short question. <laughs> um, for me, it's a way to connect with people, to start the conversation. And because I've been lucky enough to be part of an organization for so long that has a pretty significant following right now, that encourages other people to look at these artists from a different perspective, maybe go there maybe uh, meet them and uh, or when they come here if you know inshallah they can mm -hmm. um, that that changes their their trajectory and it opens up and this will you know um, we talked about war it's hard to hate people whose music you like you know it happens but it's hard to do that and mm -hmm. if we can kind of like you know uh, uh, for my project Sama the tagline is we um we uh we celebrate our diversity but we champion our shared humanity that's what we're, we're trying to do here and music is a really powerful way to do that Sama is the Seattle Sacred Music and Art. Yeah. Yeah. Sama is the Seattle Sacred Music and Art. Um, it's not an acronym. An acronym would be SMA. And I just don't <laughs> like SMA. Yeah. Um, um, but Sama means, uh, uh, ancient Arabic, it means um, to listen or heaven. Mm -hmm. And also Sama in Sanskrit means the one. So I was like, mm. okay, that works. And um, Sama's intention was, you've been in Seattle, so you, you understand that Seattle is a, now it's a big town, yeah. but it's still a bit of an outpost. When you're traveling from different parts of the world, you hit New York, you hit Chicago, you hit LA. Yeah. So we um, wanted to, we created Sama as a way to bring artists from different parts of the world here. And how has it been? COVID hit, so now we're doing video. When did you start Sama? Um, Sama was started um, literally a month before COVID. Oh, wow. Kicked Brand in. We new. went to Australia to um, find some artists. I mean, Sama was a manifestation also of the Trump administration. Sure. Because you were dealing with um, terrorist countries. You're dealing with shithole countries. You're dealing with a language. Suddenly being an immigrant was questioned. Um, mm -hmm. You know, what, what are your, uh, what's, what's actually happening here? So I, as an immigrant, I'm like, this is bullshit. And so I need to bring in, artists from shithole countries and terrorist countries and, um, and help them share their work. Yeah. Um, so that people can see how stupid that really is. And, um, and like, for and instance, you just that. had a Tibetan singer, um, Inchin Lamo, Inchin Lamo, yeah. who just she's, performed. She's amazing. And her new records coming up and we've got, uh, 
Uh, let's see, we've got the Barmer Boys next week who are from Rajasthan, an amazing group, um, part of a, a long tradition of uh, uh, a musical style. They're uh, Sufis, Managram Sufis, who uh, used to play for the Mughal courts mm-hmm. and um, continuing that tradition. And, you know, it's like, it's India. It's, it's a planet. It's a universe in and of itself. Absolutely. And there's so much stuff there. And, you know, how do I, how do I uh, help... Um, these artists bubble up and come up in this way. And uh, technology allows me to do that. Like we're doing this right now. I'm using platforms. I have a couple of small cameras that are ridiculously cheap, but do amazing work, these mics. And because of the way cloud works, I'm recording somebody anywhere in the world, just on their phone. It's mm-hmm. being recorded up into the cloud. I'm pulling it down. It looks and sounds amazing. Yeah. You know, it's not bad at all it's, it's really good it's so, incredible where we've come in the last 10 years alone just in terms oh, of yeah. recording technology and and this yeah. you're anticipating I mean, so all my questions before the pandemic because <laughs> you know ahead. no it's fine i wanted to ask you about you know because so much of your work for the last 30 years has involved world travel and going around and meeting people and being parts of their you know lives and and bringing some of that information back to share with with listeners on the show we're now, you know, two years into this pandemic. How has, I mean, obviously this kind of technology has allowed you to do some of that remotely, but I imagine it's impacted you considerably. What are you, how are you pivoting in that? Hmm, I what's, am patient. What's effective? <laughs> patient, yeah. Um, I am, I'm patient. I'm also, I'm not rigid and I'm willing to, um, to evolve as opportunities come up. You know, in both uh, Sama and KXP, we were known, KXP is known as a radio station of people that have known it for a long time, but most of the population that knows KXP has no idea we're a radio station. We're really? a very popular YouTube channel. Oh. And our videos are the things that most people really follow. We have like 2.6 million subscribers to our YouTube channel, so we're bigger than a BBC. Wow. And then we um, were able to um, present this uh, these artists in a completely different way than before. We're radio, but we're actually video. Um, I've been, you know, I've been lucky enough to travel all over the world, and I get recognized all over the world because wow. of these videos. I'm in China, and people recognize who I am. That's amazing, and that's a little surreal. <laughs> I bet. And so that opens up a whole bunch of other opportunities for us because we. Now everybody wants a KXP studio session because especially for the artists that I put on our YouTube channel are, um, they are, um, you know, like festivals want these artists because they see that there's a million views of these artists. So it's like, it's a numbers game, but I've had like Rahim Al-Hajj, an amazing Iraqi Oud player. I've had Hun Hur 2, two of throat singers on. I've had, just recently, this amazing band out of um, Korea to play a North Korean type of shamanic funk. Like, imagine K-pop. I with just shamanic music saw and- one of your clips on on Insta, and it blew my mind. She's playing like a hammer yeah, dulcimer. They're, they're, Unreal. Yep. yep. Unreal. It's a North Korean type of uh, of uh, traditional music that wow. they've created a fusion for, 
And, you know, you say North Korean shamanic funk and people are like, their heads are <laughs> twisting. But when you see it, it's visceral. I mean, you were talking about a visceral it's, connection yeah. to music. It's insane. It's beautiful. It's haunting. It is funk. And then put that, couple that with the political context and you've got, you're, you're seeing the spirit of a people. You're seeing, you're seeing a lot in, yeah. in that. And that's, that's, that's an amazing gift to be able to, to pass that on to people, I think. I think with that band is interesting because it's, uh, when people, one of the things that hasn't really happened in this country that does happen in different parts of the world. Like, you know, I grew up in Poland. Poland wasn't a country until like 19, uh, 1918, after World War One. It was, it was absorbed by Russia, Hungary, Germany. Mm. And borders change. And now it looks like, you know, we had Yugoslavia. Now it's a bunch of different borders. And this country has had the same borders forever. And so when I say North Korean shamanic funk, people are like, they're trying to bring in the current story of North Korea. Yeah. But there's a long history in this country that transcends the politics of this particular time. Yeah. And that's one of the ways that we can actually, you know, it gets people curious. Right. I think most importantly, more and more, if you were to say, what is the one thing that I'm trying to strive to do? There's a bunch, but it's to get people to be curious. Yeah. Because once you're curious, other things manifest. God help you. <laughs> That's right. There's, uh, we have a, a saying on our refrigerator saying the only cure for boredom is curiosity. And there is no cure for curiosity. That's a good one. Thank you. It helps my 11-year-old get through tough times. Good luck with that. Thank you. <laughs> I'm really curious, circling back to Seattle, what but drew you there? <laughs> what drew you back to, what drew you to Seattle in the first place? I know your car broke outside um, of Seattle and you found yourself. broke outside of Seattle. What were you driving, by the way? Um, we were driving a, um, um, it was a uh, Vanagon. Oh. That we called, Lar an orange Vanagon called Large Marge. Um, it was, I was there with my best friend. And in Boston, we, uh, he was um, he was in a relationship that was falling apart. I was engaged. Uh, my relationship was falling apart. We were in our mid twenties. Um, there was a bunch of crazy. Um, long story short, basically, my heart got broken. Mm -hmm. I was engaged. It uh, didn't work out, and I'm in my mid twenties. So you remember breaking up in your mid twenties? Oh, yeah. It's not like breaking up in your 40s. It's like, oh, okay, it's not working out. Let's try to be friends. No, it's a fucking, <laughs> like, you know, it's a devastating it's romantic a train wreck. telenovela yeah. opera. Oh, and I was just a disaster. And, uh, and you know, it wasn't bad. I wasn't, like, weeping. But it was just so, like, I was, the other thing that happens in your 20s, when, like, you bask in it. Everybody knows about it. Everybody mm -hmm. knows about your 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 horror oh my heart my heart my heart and the tragedy dude. fuels so much everything yeah everything everything i was listening to dude i just found some mixtapes that i put oh, together no. I was like, oh my god <laughs> what was i thinking <laughs> i'm embarrassed for myself i mean there's a party and it's like oh you poor little thing yeah but it was like really it's like you know madonna's you abandoned me love 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 don't look at her <laughs> 
and just uh, pouring it on. And you on. you and weren't so you weren't was, feeling you know, subtle. No, no, <laughs> subtle, please, um, please. I I was I I now I reflect I remember I was like I was loving it. Yeah. Uh, even though I was miserable, journal entries missed so many journal entries. Um, so we ended up. Um, so he and I both were like, "This is this is crazy." So let's just drive. Let's just go. And we went all over the country. Um, uh, the car had a bunch of issues with it. It was a cheap car, it had a hole in the gas tank, so we could only get so much um, <laughs> gas in it. But it was an amazing journey. It was like you know, we went south. I went to my first rainbow gathering. I went to Graceland. I went to wow. um, Reno, San Francisco. It was the early nineties. <clears throat> yeah. And we, so we we're kind of listening. Ninety two. We were listening to a bit of like you know, Seattle music, obviously. Sure. We were both doing radio, um, and kind of running around, and and uh, and uh, it was a fascinating re- journey. In ninety two, the summer of ninety two is also a super hot summer. Mm. And um, I don't know if you know about the Vanigans, but they're uh, air cooled. Oh yes. And Marge did it, but finally broke down. And so we got to Seattle, and you know, I was Boston back then had a really amazing music scene mm-hmm. as far as radio. Um, this was the time where there were cool radio stations. Sure. So I come in, um, um, and I'm hearing Riz on um. KEXP. First, I didn't know it was Riz, but then I was in a U- at the U- time, district. which was KCMU. I I, sorry, right? KCMU. You're right. Yeah. Um, and I saw posters, KCMU posters, and little stickers on um, with Riz on there. He had long dreads and everything. Like this guy's great. This is pretty awesome. I had a broadcast license. Um, Seattle turned out to be really good for me. Like the universe mm-hmm. was telling me to stay here. Yeah. I got a really interesting gig. I started editing, then I started producing. I got a, a pretty amazing job at a really hot advertising agency. Mm. So I started to uh, make really, I started creating really fun content. It wasn't content then, it was a bunch of ads, but we were doing like, you know, little films. I got to know everybody really quickly. Yeah, it was a small I town was in 92. A lot. It was a small town. It was like uh, Missoula. You know, it was a <laughs> yeah. very, it was, a, it, it was more human. Um, people were, you get to know people really quickly. You meet a couple of folks, go to a few parties and the scene was insane. Yeah. The, I remember the stuff it well. that was going on here. And the other part about Seattle is that it's, you know, Seattle's a young town. Mm-hmm. Um, Seattle is also, uh, it was just coming out of like a, being a really dirty town. It was like a town full of sailors, soldiers, uh, junkies and prostitutes. So it was perfect for art to be made. Hence grunge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you had strip bars everywhere. You know, you had, it wasn't this, it wasn't as clean as it can be right now. Mm-hmm. It, it was, you had Microsoft, but that was in Redmond. You had Boeing. And then you had the fort and you had the port and the port was a real port. It was one of the, it's one of the uh, youngest ports in, um, in uh, the United States. You know, know obviously that. coming from Boston and every place, Seattle was an outpost. People are right. like, what are you doing? What it's like Seattle. Yeah. And um, so it was really open to a lot of stuff. And there were things that I could do in Seattle that I couldn't do in Boston because mm-hmm. Boston had the Brahmins and there was like this structure. It's like, okay, so where'd you go to school? Who are right. your parents? What have you done here? Here was like, I'm going to do this thing. 
And we just did it. And I ended up working with an amazing crew that, you know, went on to start the Ace Hotel, uh, opened up a whole bunch of clubs, um, uh, created some really interesting technology because back then um, developers and engineers weren't like the code, the the uh, uh, programmers that you have right now at yeah. know, certain companies where it's just, they were actually creating art, creating some really interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. still, still my friends and they run, you know, billion dollar companies, but we still remember that time when we were all go to the same clubs, started DJing and like, yeah, things started to just connect. I walked into KCMU, I had my broadcast license. I uh, talked to Don Yates, who's still my friend, who's still there, and Tom yeah. Mara, who's just leaving um, hmm. KXP after like 33 years. Um, and um, I started doing an overnight. And you kind of like, that's what you do in radio. You do an overnight. I had a full-time job, and then I would come in on a Monday at midnight and work till seven in the morning and then go do my regular job. I was young, so I could do that. Now that's dedication. Go. Yeah, that's what we do when we're that young. That is dedication. And then I started a um, the international show um, that was uh, was on hiatus for a while. Uh, mm -hmm. John Kurtzer, who's a dear friend, went to study at the musicology at the you know, at Oxford. I remember that name. And um, he yeah. did Best Ambiance, um, that yeah, show. that's right. And before that, he had Wopop. And there was another guy who had Wopop for about a like a year. Um, Dan Stein, I think his name. Mm -hmm. So they said, like, do you want to do an international show? You're playing a lot of international music, uh, world music on your show. And I was like, yeah. And I said, do you want to um, do you want to continue with Wopop or do you want to come up with a new name? And I was like, Wopop kind of sounds fun. Let me just stick mm -hmm. with Wopop. And I used to be known as Calakuta D back then because, um, it, you know, being a DJ, you can call yourself whatever you want. And so I still get stuff sent to me for Calakuta D. Calakuta is the um, shrine, is the uh, place where Fela and Nikola Pakuti played and created in Lagos, Nigeria, oh. where Afrobeat started. Wow. And so it's like, That's Calakuta a deep why not have some fun with it? <laughs> and um, and uh, lo and behold, you blink and now it's 2022. And now it's my 30th year. 30 oh, years. Wow, of doing it. And I feel like I'm just getting started, to be honest with you. Wonderful. Well, because as any any good artist in their fifties will tell you, that's when you finally the yips have settled down, and you know what you're about, and you can really focus in on on some good work. Yeah, no, I it does, definitely does feel like that. Like it's um, you know, you you have your chops down. Um, you can you've got your story, and mm -hmm. you you know enough people to be able to create a community and you know that's what the community you live with but it's the community that um you resonate with and you're um they're able to elevate your work and you're able to elevate others yeah all at the same time and then in 2004 which 18 years ago you created a production company it looks like tashkent park yeah a creative shop it's like a studio Mm -hmm. production company entity i don't quite know exactly what it is um i started to what, i yeah, left what advertising um i wanted to start a production company you know mm -hmm. i was working at an ad agency for a while and i felt like okay maybe it's time for me to um go out and try my hat at uh doing more long form work 
um, travel, experiment with some other things. Because uh, mm-hmm. you get a full-time job, you're going to be wherever that job is. Yeah. And I was like, let me give it a shot. So I made a reel. I shot a couple of um, specs. We call them when you're like, like a prospective. It's like when you go, you, let, you have a client that you like and you make a commercial for them without them asking you. Right. And you show them and they're like, wow, that's really good. Uh, why don't you do that for us or we'll pay you. Uh, so I did a couple of specs. We formed, I hooked up with um, some dear friends and we formed a production company. And we, um, we had some great successes and some great failures. And you got to be ready for both. And I would mm-hmm. tell this to everybody. Be ready. You're always kind of ready to fail. You know, it's like, it's a lot of hubris to go, I'm going to do it no matter what. But be ready for huge successes because that changes things. Money comes into the picture and responsibility and um, get your paperwork done, people, uh, beforehand <laughs> and uh, have a good accountant and make sure that things are clear. <laughs> the devil's in the details. The devil is in the details. Absolutely. And, um, and then... Um, that stopped, and then um, I tried a couple of other things here and there, but finally I started to work with um, a couple of technology companies, and it was time to form a company. I mm-hmm. lived across the street from Tashkent Park. So Seattle is a um, sister city to a lot of uh, right cities all over the world. In the middle of Ballard, you have Bergen Square, Bergen, mm-hmm. Norway. Uh, Seattle gives totem poles to cities. You see Seattle Park, you see a totem pole. That's right. I and Tashkent Park is across the street from me on Capitol Hill. Tashkent, the capital of Uzbekistan, right in the center of the Silk Road. So I said, Tashkent Park Creative, let's uh, let's start that. And I started doing work for variety of technology companies, NGOs, nonprofits. Um, I started traveling a lot more, and I ended up creating interesting content and interesting stories for um, a wide range of different clients and organizations Mm -hmm. still working with music and often with musicians still working in the space where creativity and technology meet and giving voice to um, groups. This is like before BIPOC was a thing, you know, Mm -hmm. I've been championing these artists and um, finding ways the, the way that things really kind of kicked uh, kicked off for me is that I got really involved in entrepreneurship and looking at how different communities are able to create um, entrepreneurial uh, pathways for their students. As in, I looked at Seattle as a model, and then mm-hmm. I went to Nepal after the earthquake, and it was like, okay, you can go back and continue making the arts and crafts and everything that you do here, but people are interested in this, so what do we do to bring the cloud mm-hmm. here. So what do we do to bring in developers who would be interested in climbing the Himalayas and want to be here and then are able to develop companies that can present, sell, elevate the artisanal work of this country that fell apart, uh, that didn't fall apart, but you know, that uh, was just suffered uh, an earthquake. Took a hit. We ended up going to Western China and did the same uh, work looking at how China was building its universities and looking at how their um, environmental initiatives were working out and the kind of businesses that could develop around them. Uh, China, believe it or not, is incredibly green and growing. It's a fascinating country, especially the Western part of the country. And also looking at, um, we went to Seoul 
and we went to India. And Seoul was interesting. Korea was interesting because Korea is incredibly uh, technologically advanced, but it has a kind of a top-down Confucian model. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard to have a vibrant startup ecosystem there because it, you'll have like startups within Samsung. You know what I mean? It's like, uh -huh. it's not like somebody challenging Samsung. It's like you have this yeah. large company within within that. That's changing. Um, uh, but it, it's, an, it's a really interesting model to look at. How does a place like Hyderabad in India versus Bangalore, how did their systems work? Yeah. And, uh, and all throughout Europe. And you had like, like, you know, this was a project for Microsoft, but you had like uh, Google Campus, who's, I don't think mm -hmm. is around anymore, looking to develop this kind of stuff. Because, um, and even within Africa especially, you're seeing populations connect in ways that they didn't before. You know, I, I talked about Combilesami uh, mm -hmm. and their use of social media. You're seeing the same thing right now. It's like more people have cell phones than don't, obviously. Right. Those cell phones are computers and most people have access to Wi-Fi in one form or another. And so they're, they're, they're giving, they're, they're getting tools that um, allow them to create their own narrative, not mm -hmm. mimic the narrative of the West. And that creates really interesting opportunities. And for me, that's been a model with music because why is this music so popular here right now? You need to mm -hmm. go back to reggae or mento and others. It's like, how is it that these Norwegians really love reggae? This music <laughs> is from an island country in Jamaica, right. but yet it's working. So it, it becomes sticky that way. So I was looking mm -hmm. at other things that could actually work in that kind of like um, pan-human. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but just it works. It resonates with everybody. And where do you see that heading? And connects us. Cre uh, creativity and technology, the intersection of that, especially given where we are now. Um, I think everything's in flux. I think that I think that people are, as long as people stay curious, um, we're going to see some pretty amazing things that are coming up right now. I'm really mm -hmm. intrigued with the things that have um, potential in the quote unquote meta space, because mm. we could be coming into another um, period where creativity exploration could come back into the fold. Um, yeah. You're old enough to remember this. Remember when the internet was really cool? Oh yeah. When you well, would just go on and wild look, at, West. look for websites. Yeah. yeah. I remember in the, the basement of be, the Evergreen Library, you'd go down there and dial tone and that crazy noise. And and you're like, what is this stuff? Where am yeah. I here? How is this going? We could be in a similar place like that when, well, in, in Meta. I have um, to admit, I'm terrified. <laughs> I'm terrified at the prospects I, you of know, that. I, I had a conversation with a, um, a few friends from, um, uh, from Berlin and Latvia and Ukraine. Mm -hmm. um, their hearts are breaking right now, obviously, but they're klezmer sure. musicians, old school Yiddish klezmer musicians, and they have a community of listeners all over the world because people love that stuff. And they're mm -hmm. small, you know, it's a total long tail um, process. But I was like, you, your community will be there and you could really interact with them in a way that would be impossible beforehand. Right. You know, it's like, we're not terrified of this. Right. We're using it. Um, and so this will be another thing like that. For listeners, and he I'm just not, held I'm up not, a cell know, phone. 
Oh, you're right. <laughs> We're on our, I'm holding up a cell phone. Yeah. And you know, but it's like, you know, I, I was an early adopter of this stuff. I was working with a company that was bringing out the first, I remember, I don't remember the year, maybe 96. I was working with Microsoft and Windows Mobile came out. It was the first platform that allowed you pre BlackBerry that allowed you to get email. Mm. And I was on location shooting and people were looking at me like, why the fuck would you want email now? Right. It's like, why, why, why would that be a you? good thing? I'm not saying that they were wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm not at all, but it's like this, this thing becomes part of our reflexes yeah. and the things that are coming are going to become part of our reflexes because mm -hmm. we will be, um, it'll be delightful and you know, and it won't be like immersive. It's not going to be like, I just got to live there. It'll be, it'll be a hybrid. It'll be things. like a gallery. Like you're seeing stuff coming with glasses and other things that are going to start coming in. But it's a, but to my point with it is that it's an opportunity for people uh, to bubble up for, mm -hmm. for artists to create spaces and build an audience. You know, we were talking about Spotify beforehand. And Spotify is a fascinating platform. All streaming platforms are fascinating platforms because, you know, I needed to find the music that I loved and it took me a while to get there. Right now, I have everything at the ready. If Spotify yeah. was a record store, it would go up to the moon and back because yeah. it would need that kind of inventory. But also Spotify, uh, there are something like 80,000 songs that are uploaded to Spotify every day. What? And only 2%, Yeah. And that number is going, growing up. I'm wow. probably being super conservative, probably 100,000 songs every day. Less than 2% get played more than once. And <laughs> something like 80% wow. of all of the streams that are on Spotify are all legacy, catalog, mm -hmm. music people know. Yeah. So as a new artist, how do you bubble up out of that thing? You know, it's just like, you don't know, not the machine. You right. know, somebody like Adele or Diplo comes in and goes like, my new record, that's just going to clap. It's going to, it's going to just wow, crowd you out. Yeah. But, you know, so it's a platform and platforms aren't forever. You know, we grew up with TV. Mm -hmm. TV is a completely different thing right now. You know, we grew up with radio. Radio is a different thing right now. All of these things are changing and this is the next change. and space where everything feels like it's been explored and now we're building a platform where everybody can explore there's a new frontier um you're talking about artists and creatives being able to to work and get their their music seen and heard or their artwork seen and heard that this seems like that might be not just for established artists but the metaverse i wish there was another name for it that didn't invoke Facebook, but it seems like that's, that's a place where people will be able to explore. People will be able to lift up their voices and to, to find new audiences. Is that kind yeah. of how you're seeing it? I mean, the, the ability to, for people to connect, yeah, the ability for people to have their communities, that's the spot. You're looking at uh, platforms like Twitch and Discord within the gaming community. It's communities. Mm -hmm. 
It really sure. is. And you're looking even at like Instagram and TikTok, especially TikTok. It's communities. It's how people are connecting to you as human beings. This is the thing that's really hard for um, most boomers and some Xers um, that we're, we tend to be a little more uh, reserved. with this. A little more analog? We're not, not going to dance. We're no, but we're still digital, but we're not just going to go out there and dance. Right. It's going to take some, um, some alcohol and other things to get us to kind of like open up like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like we would in a karaoke bar with just our friends. It's like, okay, right. here I am. We're just where others are not, you know, my kids are dancing all the time. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they're playing. They're not that much on social because we were in this space. So my wife and I are like, nah, we're going to wait on this thing for a little bit. Sure. But you know, but their friends are, so we have to give them some access to that and you know and we trust them you know my mm-hmm. kids it's been a pandemic i'm not going to be like stop that this is part of the way they, they actually went to school right but it becomes an interesting space right now for us to to um uh open up opportunities for artists to to land because in mm-hmm. the past i grew i worked at a record store mm-hmm. and you know we would get a giant stack of the latest big hit and a tiny little stack of records that were really interesting from different parts of the world, et cetera. But now nobody's holding you back. Nobody's saying that you can't access this. We're not dealing with real estate and inventory space. Right. It's just, what do you do to get the good stuff? This is one of the reasons why, you know, my work at KXP has been successful is because people, you know, can't go out there into the woods and find stuff. So they find, aggregators such as mm-hmm. myself and Giles and, and, um, and Trinidad and others. And often people that, you know, are still in radio, but that radio is now evolved into other things. Yeah. And they go to us because we, they trust our editorial curation. And it seems like and music so, is a, a possibility for, for grounding everything as well. You know, we're talking about these virtual spaces, um, which, we can launch ourselves into, but music does, has that visceral connection that it, it affects the body. You yeah. need ears to hear it. You know, you yeah. feel it in your, in yeah. your feet, you feel it in your heart. I had a long conversation with somebody just recently about this and uh, I kind of came to this conclusion and it's a hard conclusion to come to. And I'm a little wary, I'm a little wary of saying this because, you know, I'm 56 and there are things that are going on in the world, you know, that I'm aware of and I have a, a bit of a macro focus. I can get micro on my the things that I care about deeply, yeah. but I don't want to make big blanket statements because I can sound like an idiot. But I'm seeing right now that music is driving tech more than it is driving culture. Really? And can you think of an example? Um, oh, just the platforms. You know, how did Spotify become popular? Music. What was the thing that drove? Um, Apple, the iPod, and you know the iPod right. is an the iPhone is an evolution of the iPod. Mm-hmm. It's all music. Music is is the thing that people love. There's something there that, um, you know, shamans, uh, shaman, and uh, educators, and you know, I, I, one of the reasons I started Sama is that the first show that I ever sponsored as Wopop on KCMU was Nusrat Fata Ali Khan, the great Pakistani Kowali singer I know him at well. the Paramount Theater. Yeah. And he was there because he was recording with Eddie Vedder uh, for Dead Man Walking. Mm-hmm. And that concert happened in 1994, <clears throat> no, 95. 
and people still talk about it because yeah. people literally were elevated. They were yeah. like, what just fucking, what just happened to you? My wife still talks about it. It's like, what the hell happened? Where was I? Because they got the rhythms and they've got the, you know, they're Sufis. So they're, we're going to take you to God. Yeah. And um, they brought us there. That Bill Laswell and Nusfrati Ali Khan, in fact, that concert is what introduced me to Bill Laswell's label and uh, a whole bunch of stuff, material and yeah, yeah I remember yeah. both no, both you and stuff. Riz in particular were were spouting that stuff. And it's interesting too, talking about technology and music. I mean, you're you remember Napster and how when Napster came yeah. out, suddenly. Like I remember being able to just pull out a drawer in Napster and find all of this music that had just been living in my head, but I never had, mm -hmm. didn't have recordings of. And where can I find this? Yep. And, and yeah. there was that, it tapped into that hunger for access, for art yeah. and for music that, that obviously, you know, now we have the Spotify's, we have the titles and all these amazing platform so that yeah it's an it's an interesting perspective to uh to take it to um you, as we're you have winding to understand that the music industry go ahead sorry just let me just finish this one thing yeah. uh, you have to understand that the music industry has a habit of killing itself every 10 years napster killed the music industry and then brought it back to life again mm -hmm. you know spotify streaming downloading then streaming killed the music industry and brought it back to life again. This is the same thing that's going to happen with Meta and other forms. It is not a rigid business. It is, you know, and I, mind you, I didn't say music because it, you can't kill the music. Right. But you can kill the music industry and then other things come up again. And now, you know, other manifestations start coming into play. And it's an interesting, what, it's an interesting time. That's a lovely <clears throat> thought to hold is that you can't kill the music that that and it really does seem like it's linked to a, a human spirit you know i mean even if it's just acapella if it's just voice um that's that's a primal way of expressing the spirit and the soul yeah no it's been it's been with us it's been with us forever um and it's intriguing because you'll find in archaeological digs, you'll find flutes, you know, right. you'll find, I remember there was a dig outside of Xi'an, China ages ago, and they found a, uh, like a 15,000 year old drum, um, a chime set, like a bell set, and wow. they played it. And it was like, whoa, <laughs> that's pretty phenomenal. Hearing the past. <laughs> so that's what that's, that's what that sounded like 15,000 years ago. That's incredible. Uh, as we're winding up, I've just wanted to tap you for as a resource. What are you listening to right now? What is making you excited? Mm. Um, I got to think on that, to be honest with you. Um, lately, I mean, I'm, I kind of react to things that could be going on in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, Cakesby celebrating its 50th anniversary, KCMUK. So, we're digging deep into, into um, um, those particular kinds of historical records. Mm -hmm. And because as you say, you can find things that you might have overlooked. Right. So you're looking at like 2006. Interesting. So what am I listening to uh, from there, from that particular period? You know, and what did I miss 
from there for that particular period because you have to understand, you know, you, you needed the physical objects. So you had a music industry in Belgium, France. You had a music industry in Brazil, South Africa, yeah. all over that we just wouldn't didn't get stuff. You had cassettes coming out, so we can now find those things again, which comes really uh, becomes really interesting. Um, let's see. I love Kitana Veloso's new record. Mm. The great Brazilian singer is uh, doing really insane, wonderful work. Um, there's a band um, that's uh, that is coming out of uh, Beirut right now in Tunisia called Bedouin Burger. Mm -hmm. And they're like an electro dapke uh, flavor, which is really intriguing. It's been a bit of a crazy time, obviously. I can imagine. So I'm, I'm just kind of chilling and I'm enjoying... I'm not into angry music right now. You know, I'm just, uh, I'm uh -huh. trying to, uh, there's a band called Small Island Big Song. They're out of Mauritius, Madagascar, and Taiwan. And they're an interesting project. They're, um, they're using music to draw attention to the plight of indigenous populations dealing with climate change, island people. Wow. And so their music is stunning. Um, it's a bunch of different musicians from different parts of, uh, of the of the Indian and Pacific Ocean, creating song and uh, really telling their story, as in like, hey, pay attention, we're drowning here. Yeah, there's a band. Um, uh, I'm loving stuff that's coming out of Lagos right now, like Burna Boy and Wizkid mm -hmm. and uh, Davido and others. Um, there's a really interesting scene that's coming out of Norway and Sweden right now. It's kind of like heavy folk traditional, and there's a band called uh, Wardruna, uh, W A R. D-R-U-N-A, that really does really cool stuff. There's a really interesting scene out of Kampala, Uganda right now, uh, out of uh, uh, kind of like a collective called Degea Negea Tapes. And there's a really interesting metal band out of Kenya. Kenya's got an amazing, I mean, uh, out, of, uh, out of Kampala mm. uh, called uh, Duma. And they're doing some really interesting uh, stuff. And also... Um, the one band that I do need to turn you on to is uh, a band out of Lisbon called um, La Vossier. It's a duo, uh, a boy and a girl, who create a really powerful, emotive music. Um, you know, uh, Lisbon, Portugal has Fado, which mm -hmm. is this heart-rending musical style. Right. And they've done some really interesting work um, in, in that space. And they've just got a new record that's coming out. I spent, between the pandemics, between Delta and Omicron, I was in um, Lisbon and Porto for um, a few weeks for the mm -hmm. Womex Festival. And I got really turned on to the um, to the scene there, as, you know, in Porto, in Lisbon, in northern Portugal, which really opened up some stuff that's going on. Um, Beautiful. To me. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of like the stuff I'm into. I mean, you just listen to my shows. Look Absolutely. And then the stuff is there. But I'm um, there's more music coming out right now than ever before. And wow. there's so much amazing stuff that's coming out right now. Um, that's brilliant. So don't be like Spotify and just listen to the hits. Take a chance. Be curious. Well, I will list as much as that as I can down uh, below here. But um, bef before I let you go, I always uh, pose one last question to guests uh, as a way of kind of giving people something to, to chew on and, and think about as, as they move on with their day. 
What's the question that's not being asked right now? We, this is going to be a big one, but, um, good. We're, we're coming into a bit of pain, um, with climate. You know, I've been in this space. I know what's coming. I'm hopeful, um, that we can get past the distractions, but we do need to kind of really hunker down from an international perspective and get, um, get ready for it because it is going to be hard. There's no way around it. I'm not looking forward to the summer because it's going to be more fires Mm -hmm. and it's not just heat. It's crazy cold and other things like that. And so we need to really elevate these conversations on a, uh, a truly global level. And we need to, um, motivate all of the new platforms that we're talking about to really get people to connect as fellow travelers on one planet. And we need to get a hold of this. It, it really is the big question is like, what do we need to do to make that happen? Yeah. To get people to stop thinking about their, I mean, it's easy. It's like, you know, you we're, we're little monkeys. And so we're just going to grab whatever's near us and forget you know, that tomorrow's coming and it's going to be hard and we have an opportunity to make it better, but it's still going to be hard. So we got to get ready for that. Yeah. And to make that work. Absolutely. Right. Thank you for that. Derek, it's been an absolute honor to have you. I really appreciate it. And, um, people can follow you on Instagram. Uh, it's Derek underscore Mazzoni, M-A-Z-Z-O-N-E. Where else can we find you? kxp.org you can find me kxp.org you can find me in sama seattle sacred music and art.com and also on our youtube channel our twitch channel and on facebook and on tiktok and we might be on discord soon we'll see wonderful Um, but i'm there you know there's only one other derek mazzoni and he's a sailor in australia (laughs) we've never met So Derek, thanks again. It's been wonderful and uh, take care of yourself and uh, stay healthy. You too. And um, say hi to Seattle for me. We'll do, we'll do. Take care, Brad. Cheers. breathe, we eat, we sleep, and we dream, we love, we cry, we fight, we make up, and we play. Play lets us discover new parts of ourselves. In play, we expand our potential, we feel safe, we trust. In that safety and trust, we experiment with what we can imagine. Better art, better us, a better world for ourselves, our families, our friends, our communities, our shared humanity, a common good. That's what Carolina Commons does. We take the world away for a while to give people the chance to see new perspectives, to listen to new voices from others and from our own internal worlds. 
before rejoining and participating in the world renewed. We help people, teams, and communities connect to their inherent creative voice and to re-envision the world. With new skills, new voices, and new visions, we can help one another create a better future. Visit www.carolinacommons.org to learn more about how you can take your imagination, innovation, and problem solving to the next level. Carolina Commons, uncommon creativity for all.